the Midtown Detroit studios of WDET. This is Detroit Today. School shootings are becoming a near everyday occurrence in America, and the violence has a direct effect on our children. All of them who are either victims or witnesses to the onslaught. Today, we're going to hear from several Metro Detroit young people about how they deal with this looming threat, what their fears look like, and what they'd do differently if, well, they were in charge. That's all next on Detroit Today. But first, the news from NPR. Detroit Today is supported by the Michigan School of Psychology and the Charles H. Wright Museum of African American History. Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm your host, Stephen Henderson, and I'm really glad you've decided to join us. If you're anything like me, you're waking up each day these days wondering if you'll turn on the television and see images of young people in schools, distressed, distraught, anxious about a school shooting that's happened where they're supposed to be getting an education. There have been 89 school shootings in 2023. That is nearly one for every day of the year. And there's no sign that this swelling tide of violence is near its crest, or is anywhere near decreasing. Take a minute and think back to when you were in school. What, what were you concerned about? What were you excited about? Maybe like me, you were in the marching band, or in the drama club, or on a sports team. Maybe you were really fired up about going to homecoming, or prom, or Friday night football games. My guess is you weren't thinking often. You certainly weren't thinking every day that you might fall victim to gun violence while you were at school. It's something I never, never, never thought of when I was in high school. But this is the reality that a lot of students fear they are facing right now. We're starting to call this current generation the mass shooting generation. That's how frequently this is happening. And of course, we talk all the time about possible solutions. We talk about possible causes. Mostly all of these things cause pretty significant arguments and deadlocks and nothing ever changes. Well, today we want to take a beat and talk about this in a little bit of a different way. We want to explore how students themselves feel about their safety while they're in school. 
We want to hear about the things that they fear. We want to know how often they imagine a gunman walking through the school doors. What would they do? How would they react? And importantly, what kinds of things do they need to feel safe? What would they like to see us doing, the adults who are responsible for all of this, to make it all better? We've got some really wonderful young people from Metro Detroit here with us to talk about it. We've also got a teacher from a local high school with us to talk about this. And of course, we really want to hear from you, our listeners, about this. Call and tell us if you are a student. How does this affect you? What do you think about each day when you get up and go to school? Call us if you're a teacher. How worried are you about the threat of violence inside the school walls? What if you're a parent? How safe do you feel sending your kids off to school every day? How much do you worry that one of these incidents will involve them? 313-577-1019 is the number here on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we can work you into the conversation that way. I want to start by introducing the young people who have joined us today. Xavier Shusa is a junior at Birmingham Seaholm High School. Xavier, welcome to Detroit Today. Hi, thanks for having me. Isaac Hunter III is a sophomore at Cass Technical High School here in the city of Detroit. Isaac, welcome to Detroit today. Thank you. And Amir Nelson is a junior at Oak Park High School. Amir, welcome to Detroit today. Hello. And we've also got Bill Boyer here. He is a teacher at Oak Park High School. Bill, welcome to Detroit today. Thank you. Hello. So I want to start with the young people, and then we'll get to Bill, and then we'll get to our callers and social media, which I imagine there will be quite a bit of interest today in in talking about this. But Xavier, I want to start uh, with you. I I think for a lot of people, uh, they think of someplace like Birmingham, they think of someplace like Seahome, and they don't automatically think of the kind of violence that that we're seeing in schools, but increasingly it is in suburban communities as much as it is in cities uh, that these things are happening. So so tell me about what goes through your mind when you think about uh, this gun violence that you see on television or hear on the radio that's going on in schools and how that affects you on a daily basis as you go to Birmingham see home, again, just trying to get an education. Yeah, I mean... I think you're right. We don't really see a lot of violence at Seahome. But when we look at like school shootings we've had in the past year, we're seeing schools like Oxford. We're seeing schools like Michigan State. And those are just, I mean, they're really close to Seahome, but they're also really close to a lot of other schools. And, you know, at Seahome, because like we're not having a lot of fights daily, because we're not seeing a lot of violence, we really have no like major barriers again against gun violence so if someone like really really wanted to 
Like, they could just bring a gun into their backpack and just go into class and, you know, do something horrible. You know, we don't have any metal detectors. And, I mean, frankly, it's... I, I feel like I'm a little desensitized to, like, the violence. I remember I was in middle school and, you know, there's, like, three middle schools we have in, like, the Birmingham Public Schools District. And one of the schools had, like, a gun threat or a bomb threat. And they had, like, a couple throughout the year. Because, like, you know, middle schoolers thought it was, like, funny to say, like, you know, horrible things like that. And their schools would be closed for a day. And I remember feeling, like, jealous that they got school off. Not being, like, <laughs> scared <laughs> that someone was threatening to shoot up a school. And, I mean, I feel like that's, like, how a lot of people at Sea Home, you know, feel about it. It's, like, this, like, omnipresent just like fear like that someone can do it and that you can't really do anything about it so you just kind of forget about this the the chance that this happens but honestly it's like i i feel like angry that we allow like guns to be so available to the point that if like someone was to go you know do something like this mm -hmm. they they just could yeah, they could just walk into your school, you feel, and and, and do this. Right. Uh, give me a sense of, for you, growing up in the time that you have, uh, what, what kinds of things you've been told or learned about what to do if something like this happened. I grew up at a time when, uh, when we were really worried each day, and I'm giggling about it now because it seems a little surreal, uh, we were worried about the threat of nuclear war, right? I, I can remember coming home from school and wondering, well, is this the day that there's going to be a nuclear war and the whole world is going to kind of uh, go away as I, as I know it? It's a different kind of threat. It's, it's a little more distant than the idea of somebody showing up at your school and and shooting it up. So, so I wonder, growing up, what did you have... Uh, drills to prepare for this? Did you have discussions in school about the possibility of these things? Yeah, I mean, growing up in like a post-Columbine world, I guess, like we always had, you know, as far back as I remember, we had like school shooter, or like intruder drills, as they like called it, when like you were like younger in like elementary school, where you just huddled in a corner. Um, but, you know, those never made like too much sense to me because like if someone was able to get through, you know, like the small lock in the door, well, there's a group of, what, like, nine-year-olds crouching in a corner altogether. Um, why wouldn't they want that? And then now they've switched it in, like, recent years to, like, this, like, ALICE plan, which is, like, an acronym. since for, like, alert and then, like, indicating where the danger is. And it's more like this, like, step-by-step -step of, like, protecting yourself and then, like... So, so it's more than just, like, going into a corner and hiding yourself. But, like, with a lot of these, like, you know, drills, people, like, get, like, scared about them mm -hmm. because they kind of make that like fear more prevalent like if we're if we're doing these drills like you know three or four times a year and we're seeing school shootings happen at msu and at oxford and at other places in the country and it makes that that idea that someone's going to shoot up you know see how much more prevalent and, and people get worried yeah yeah. Um, Isaac, I want to bring you into the conversation here. Uh, you are a student at uh, Cass Technical High School. Uh, tell us for you how this looks. Uh, is this something that you worry about when you when you go off to school every day? Is it something that your classmates worry about? 
Yes, um, me and my classmates, we really do worry about it, like, because we have metal detectors, and let's, okay, I'll give you, like, an example. Let's say you walk through, you walk into school, you go to school, you come into, um, come into school, and you have to go through the metal detector, but you have your phone, your computer, your laptop, so the metal detector, the metal detector is going to go off, but it's just, like, you assuming you just got your phone, so they just let it slide, like, so they're I mean, not stopping you yeah, because it goes off. Because it go off for every student. So you're not really getting stopped. It's not check. They check your bag, but it's not really like a check bag. It's like a pat. Like, so if somebody wanted to bring a weapon, I, they could. When um, so I, I I have to say uh, up front I have a daughter who attends Cast Tech as well. So I hear about some of the things that go on there, uh, and I, I know that. One of the things that that students there seem to be concerned about is students from other schools coming and saying that they're going to cause trouble at CAS, or I guess kids from CAS may go to other schools and say they're going to cause trouble there as well. I don't know. Uh, but but talk about what, what that feels like when they say to you, hey, uh, we're going to lock the school down today, or we're going to do something different because there's been a threat, and how often that happens so i remember last year that happened it was like at the end of the year i seen like i just it was like a regular i think it was thursday it was just a regular thursday and the day before i seen people like i seen people texting each other about like somebody threatened to school and i'm like yeah you right like i still like put that in the back of my mind like mom somebody threatened to school so we was prepared to stay home, but then we got a call from the school in the morning saying that the school was canceled. So that was like, and I think it happened twice, I think. So that was really like shocking him. But so they did cancel school. And I feel like it's that's two is still a lot. Like two is like two may seem little, but in the time we're in, it's, it's really a lot. Like you shouldn't, that shouldn't happen at all, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Amir, uh, tell me about uh, Oak Park High School and tell me about uh, how you feel uh, when you go to school every day and and what role the threat of of gun violence plays in that. So when I go to school, we come in through the morning, we get our bags placed on the table, the security guards open them up, they 50-50 will go thorough check, or not thorough check. Then after you get through that, you pick up your bag, take it with you, then you get wandered down, and then they let you go. <clears throat> so my um, take on the gun violence, I, I really just don't care because it's not going to stop. Just because you talk about it doesn't mean it's going to stop. You got to actually put something to action because talking about it, it's just spreading the word around, but spreading the word around is not going to stop anything. So when you say you've got to put something in to action what what do you have in mind what do you think would make a difference well i think if you want to make a difference you should do way more thorough checks instead of just oh let me pat you down real quick like pat you down but not check what's in your pockets or anything like that or if i go in your book bag i'm gonna just open up one pocket look in there and then not check the other ones and do you feel like the threat of something like this comes from internally at the school? In other words, that you want to make sure that somebody who goes to the school doesn't bring a gun and do something? Or do you feel 
like there's as much of a threat as uh, of somebody who's not there showing up to 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 commit gun violence. Nah, it's way more of internal because the students at that school is way more violent, and usually it should be like a fight every other week or so, like at least one. That that's the least, but usually it's like between in a whole week, probably like five to ten fights a week. So that's something. And then people got jumped at our school before, and people brought knives to school for one um, incident. But that was, I think, last year or earlier this school year. And what do what do the teachers and the administrators at Oak Park say to students like you about safety, about how safe? you are, uh, are are they doing anything to to kind of address what what you say is is going on pretty frequently in the school? Administration with them, they they don't they don't say much besides <laughs> um <laughs> be together they they try to do just to be together, I guess. But that's not working. They doing mental health days like that's actually gonna work. It's more so just annoying in general yeah i mean I, i'm glad that that you don't seem too bothered by this but but i don't want to make light of how serious this problem is at oak park uh, there was a shooting after a basketball game at mm-hmm. oak park in january uh, I, I wonder wonder how you felt about that how, how does that affect your whole sense of safety in school when I heard about it, I was just sitting on the couch playing games. I heard about it on Instagram. And then I didn't even know what the whole story was. Cause I didn't even read the whole post. And then I put my phone back down and went back to what I was doing. And then I didn't really think about it until like when we came back to school. It was like Tuesday, I think that was. And then we had a whole mental health day. And I was more so just annoyed because we were doing a mental health day. Like that's actually about to fix anything, which it didn't. All it did was make people stop what they was going to do on Tuesday to have a mental health break. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to continue talking with Metro Detroit uh, young people about gun violence in schools, the looming threat of gun violence in schools. A school shooting almost every day this year so far in 2023. I want to get going with you, the listeners, on the phones and on social. Call and tell us uh, what this means in your life. Uh, Are you a student who worries about gun violence in schools? Are you a teacher or a parent or an administrator? 313-577-1019 313-577-1019 is the, school, is the number here on the, on the phones. 313-577-1019. You can also go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we can work you into the conversation. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. Bringing you news that matters. Stories that impact your life. Music from the Motor City and around the world. This is 1019 WDET. Detroit's NPR station. You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson and... Thanks for tuning in. We're talking today 
about the surge in gun violence at schools around the nation. Uh, there have been 89 school shootings so far in 2023. That's almost one for every day of the year. Uh, we're talking with young people here in Metro Detroit about their experience, uh, the fears that they have about uh, possible gun violence at school, and of course, the things that they would do differently if they were in charge. Xavier uh, Shusat, Shusha is a junior at Birmingham Seaholm High School. Amir Nelson is a junior at Oak Park High School. And, and uh, Isaac Hunter III is a sophomore at Cass Tech here in the city of Detroit. Also with them is Bill Boyer. He is a social studies teacher at Oak, High, Oak Park High School and president of the Oak Park Educational Association. We want to hear from you, the listeners, as well. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also uh, go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we can work you into the conversation. Bill, I want to bring you into the conversation here. You heard the things uh, that Xavier, Amir, and Isaac were saying about uh, their experience with this in their schools. You teach at Oak Park uh, High School. I-, I wonder first if you can talk about how different things feel uh, now that we are experiencing as much of this uh, as we are. Uh, and then talk about, I, I'm really curious about how you talk with students in the school about this. What what kinds of things do you find yourself saying or thinking about with them uh, because of this incredible looming threat? Wow. You know, I, I feel like we're family here. Um, <laughs> I, ha- I also have a teenager at Cass Tech. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I uh, started my teaching career full-time at Seaholm High School the year the Columbine shootings happened. <laughs> and sadly, the subject has never gone away. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I say community building is, is the, really the key looking at it from a teacher perspective, which means a lot of listening. Uh, it isn't just coming in trying to be the smartest one in the room. And as a union president of the local. Um, We are also the largest union in the uh, United States, the National Education Association. And we're trying to emphasize if we're we're going to minimize, reduce student violence, then it has to come with community building that makes uh, teaching an attractive profession long term. And uh, the previous administration didn't have that same view. And last year, at one point, I was teaching uh, for over a month where I had a long-term sub on one side of my room, another long-term sub on the other side, and a long-term sub across the hall. And that is going to increase violence. It's just there's, there's no commitment, there's, there's no supervision that's really needed uh, in this time and age that you get from teachers who are highly qualified, who are aware of social-emotional learning. So... There's a lot to unpack there, and uh, that's what we're trying to do, uh, both as a union and uh, as teachers that come to the school every day saying, okay, um, how are we going to continue to develop this community? So, so uh, Bill, I want to have you address what, what, what I think is uh, something of a, of a dichotomy, I guess, that, that's grown up around this issue. There is the issue of violence in schools, right, uh, between and among students who attend those schools. And then there is this question of whether 
somebody who's not part of the school community comes into the school and commits violence. It seems to me that there is some important difference there. And I wonder, from your perspective, uh, which you feel is the is the greater threat and needs more urgent addressing. Well, in our situation, we we did have um, a shooting that happened after the basketball game, as you mentioned, and those were four students from neighboring districts. They weren't from our district. And credit to our staff, uh, security, teaching, administration all worked together or that situation could have been a lot worse. We're, we're right across the street from the Oak Park Police Department. So there's not much more we can do as far as, as that goes. We can always improve security, but uh, going back to community building, that's what we need to keep emphasizing. And with the age of cell phones now, uh, you're dealing in real time where students are finding out more about violence uh, before teachers and staff often are through Instagram and other social media, which is a whole new dimension that we've, we've never had to deal with before. So it's, it's complicated, and I, I'm thankful we have a new administration that uh, we're about to go into bargaining, uh, but we really feel united. I, I, I bargained 20 years ago. That was probably the last time where I felt like we were all on the same page about health and safety and welfare for everyone involved, for all stakeholders, as well as obviously uh, making the profession more attractive. I mean, we lost over 22% of our staff last year, um, and those resignations um, were to other districts. We only had a couple that ended up resigning for retirement because it was simply more attractive uh, financially to work somewhere else, mm-hmm. and we're finally gonna change that. So. Um, I hope I'm answering your question there. Yeah, yeah, no, you are. Bill, I also want to have you talk a little about, I mean, I know how much uh, that that relationship between a teacher and their students is. I know how important it was to me when I was a high school student. Um, And I wonder if you can talk a little about how that relationship changes because of this issue the things you find yourself talking with students about, uh, the things they bring to you, the concerns they bring to you that maybe look different because of their worry about gun violence. Yeah, no students coming up to me saying, hey, let's do some more run, hide, fight drills. Uh, we're, we're really trying to, to discuss how do we have an environment of trust, mm-hmm. and often that's uh, after school after school sponsorships, uh, for a long time, the school uh, would just see teachers and students uh, leaving, get out of the building as soon as uh, the three o'clock bell rang. And now we're getting more teachers back involved in sponsorships. Uh, There's one teacher that lives nearby. I think he's got four different sponsorships. I do debate club. Um, We have for the first time ever, uh, might seem trivial, but the first time ever we have girls soccer uh, happening in the the hall, yes. (laughs) Um, and they're outside, and that might seem trivial, but it really is part of building these relationships mm-hmm. where students start to, to, to trust uh, the staff saying, wow, they're here because of us, uh, not because they're getting some small stipend. Yeah. And yeah. those conversations involve a lot of listening. So I, I, in debate club, we might end up just talking about uh, a current event or what happened recently at the school, and that's just as important as uh, 
trying to talk about claim and evidence for the debate team. So, so uh, I know also, Bill, that you guys have a bridge program that you do with Birmingham. Um, explain what that is and kind of compare and contrast, I guess, the differences that you've noticed between those two districts. Yeah, for over 20 years, we've had a student exchange day where we spend uh, one day with uh, about three dozen of our students at Seaholm High School, and then they come back at Oak Park and do the same. And it's fascinating because uh, as teachers, it's, it's my favorite day of the year. We end up uh, sitting back and watching the discussions unfold. It's really student-centered. And every year, uh, this conversation that we're having now comes up. Uh, why does our school have so much violence? Why does your school have so few fights, zero fights? And uh, at the end of the day, there, there's uh, really a, a desire to keep it going. And some years we have. We've had additional field trips, and students have kept in touch uh, even after they've graduated. And I encourage all schools should be doing this because segregation is, is like it is in the 1950s. And, and we have to figure out ways to cross those borderlines and really uh, let students open up with other students from other districts and, and find what they have in common. Yeah. It's, it's really it's exciting. Um, in fact, one of the teachers that I do this with at Seahomes in the other room, and I'm sure uh, she's smiling in agreement. <laughs> Again, 313-577-1019 is the number here on the phones. You can also go to social media, to Twitter, and hashtag us. Let's start today with Jordan in Detroit. Jordan, welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, so I actually went to Birmingham Groves. Um, I graduated in 2014, and there was no incidences of gun violence while I was a student, but I was sitting in public school in Birmingham many times when we got the notifications of other shootings. I was in the choir room when the Sandy Hook shooting broke, mm -hmm. and it did raise questions for us about, are we next? Um, the year after I left, while my brother was still at the school, a student brought a gun uh, from a month he was having like a mental health crisis. And I went to the University of Michigan Dearborn, where when we were all sitting in the library, someone came to the parking lot with a shotgun and was walking around. We could see him from the library. Um, mm. So now I'm, I'm, I'm engaged. I'm 27. And, you know, when we're talking about having kids, we are going to try to struggle and gut it out and homeschool our kids because we are so scared to send them into a public school or any school, really, any public place is really scary. And we're trying to find that balance of like, how can we have trust in our country to do the right thing? But also we haven't so far. And so, you know, we're getting creative thinking about co-ops and, and different ways of educating our children outside of these systems that are frankly not protecting them. So, Jordan, that's a really that's a really dramatic choice to make. And and I want to hear just a little more uh, about about that. I mean, it's a tremendous sacrifice to make. First of all, I mean, it's not easy to to to, to actually do. But is is uh, I guess my first question is: um, Do you just not have any faith that things will get better or, uh, or 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 more acceptable before you have children and send them to school? I guess I mean, walk me up to what what. Uh, what what brings you to this this again really dramatic choice? Yeah, I mean, I think I think we have other opinions about public schooling in general. But um, that being said, I don't have faith. Like I I really don't. I don't have any faith based on watching the reactions to shooting after shooting and seeing. And I agree with your guest. I think from the Oak Park School, like nothing is being done. And so 
it is certainly a dramatic choice, but it is one that, you know, when I think about how I can have some measure of surety over the safety of my children, um, yeah, I'm ready to make a dramatic choice. And mm-hmm. it is, you know, it is going to be hard and we might not do it forever, but I, we plan to have kids, you know, relatively soon. Mm-hmm. And I would be more willing to think about reconsidering um, if some solid things happened that made me feel like, you know what, we're moving in the right direction on this. But at, at this point, I don't feel comfortable gambling with my kids' lives. Yeah. Uh, Jordan, I really love that you called and uh, and wish you luck in all of those life choices that you have uh, ahead. I, I want to get our, our students here to, to react to that. Have, have any of you thought about maybe not going to school because it seems more dangerous than you're willing to, to put up with, uh, Isaac? Some days it does feel like that. Like, let's say, like, something, like, pops off on Instagram or, like, messages or between some like it does feel like oh i shouldn't come to school today because they so-and-so might fight or something might happen but i feel like it just it really just happens like it, it really boils down to like the like the teacher and the student for real because when it, in like some classes you wouldn't like mess around like you you know some class you can talk to your friend but other classes you wouldn't like talk like in their class because of the teacher like the teacher may be like uh don't talk in my class talk you getting kicked out so that's where i feel like that's where it comes down to like teachers actually like because some teachers are more strict than others and i feel like once you get to the point where your teacher is like strict and strict and you're learning and it feels like that's where the like it's nothing really going to happen in that class but other classes where it's more lenient where you like you can talk a little be on your phone a little bit more i feel like that's where all of the problems, like really, that's what really happens. With, that's, that's when what, things get yeah. get upside down. Yeah, uh, Amir, I wonder if uh, you ever think about not going to school because you're worried about violence. No, for me, I I'm not in anything. I barely go on social media, and then when I do, only be on there to see people I follow or my friends what they're doing, and um, <clears throat> nobody really messes with me. <laughs> so I'm not in anything. So I'm pretty. I feel pretty safe to not like get into a fight during school. The only time I don't want to go to school is like if I'm not feeling well, my body aches, or um, I just don't want to go. That's yeah. it. So you don't fear that the trouble that somebody else might get into might affect you. No, no, because I've never been in a fight for real. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Xavier, I, I wonder what what you think about the idea of maybe not going to school, learning at home instead. Uh, all, all three of you certainly did that during the pandemic. Uh, what if that were the way that uh, that things always were? I mean, after like the Oxford shooting and all of that, I think about like, you know, 30 to 50% of students didn't show up the next day to school. And, you know, I chose to go into school because I mean, these type of things, they can happen like every day. Kind of like Amir said, there's nothing really going on to like stop them. Like, I, I mean, I feel like guns are just, they're just so easy to get that there's there's no days where it's ever like truly, truly safe to go into school without the presence of one of these shootings. So like, why pick that day not to go in instead? And, you know, like last year on Snapchat, there was something like spreading around like Birmingham, like, oh, I'm going to like shoot this girl's like a picture of like someone's phone with a text message or something 
and like the Birmingham Police Department like set out like an issue about it. Like, but we everybody still went to school like the next day. Yeah. And go ahead. Um, there's also like some people are like saying like, well, if we really want to like stop school shootings, like we can do things virtual. We did it like through COVID and everything. But like, what like a terrible idea, honestly, because yeah. it's like <laughs> if if the, the people are shooting up these schools, then they're just taking away like real education for like, you know, America's school children. And then like suddenly you're not doing anything, you know, with other people for the first 18 years of your life. Yep. And, you know, that's not the solution. That's like fixing a symptom in honestly like a terrible way. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Again, 313 577 1019 is the number. Let's go to Kamia in Southfield. Kamia, welcome to the show. Hi, good morning. Hi. Um, I currently go to Oak Park High School itself. Mm-hmm. And we had an issue at the end of our, like, last year. Some dudes had ran inside of our school, and it was the most scariest moment at the day. It was as soon as the day ended. And I was walking about to go the normal way I leave out. But the next thing you know, we hear people screaming. It was like people ducking, saying we have to go. It was the most absolute scariest moment. And the next day, we, I believe we did go to school, but people were on edge and didn't know what to do because they didn't know if anybody else was going to come. And on social media, people post, oh, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And it's like we don't know what to do because, Nobody has ever, we never experienced something like this as it's new and you wouldn't know what to do. So it's like our school doesn't, Hmm. the mental health days, they don't really help as they're not really talking about, and if you want to, they'd be like, what's your comments and concerns? But everybody comments and concerns doesn't get talked about enough. So people are just sitting there silently with thoughts that they don't know what to do with. Hmm. So so what would you like to see the school do? I mean, what, what, what would make you feel better? I would like to see our school try because our security, we have security guards, but sometimes our security guards are as young as us. They're probably fresh out of college and they're just putting stuff at high school just because. They're practically like our friends. They're not really protecting anything. Mm. And we also have a canine dog that sniffs around for drugs or whatever, but it's not really as protecting as it should feel. Like, it doesn't feel safe. I believe one day it was back in December. We were, I was getting off the bus, and we had a, it was something running around all social media saying this and that. When I got off the bus, it felt very eerie, like very silent. Nobody was talking, wasn't much laughing. And I remember I called my mom to come pick me up, and she did immediately because, my mom doesn't want me in any kind of violence, any kind of thing that endangers my life. Yeah, yeah. Camille, I really appreciate that you called and, and shared that experience with us. Bill, uh, you're a teacher at Oak Park. Uh, that's got to distress you, what you're hearing from one of the students. Yeah, that goes back to what I was referring to earlier. We did cancel school the next day after that incident, and it was an outgoing administration. I mean, we had Two principals had, had left. Uh, the superintendent was leaving. The assistant superintendent was leaving. And it was the perfect storm. I think um, a lot of that was organized in uh, classes that had substitute teachers. So um, I'm hoping that the students noticed, even in the past couple months, uh, changes, not just with security, uh, but with the commitment that teachers have um, in, in sponsorships and staying afterwards and, and 
in talking. I, I go by rooms all the time where teachers are saying, before we begin, uh, do you have any concerns? Uh, we don't just teach subjects, we teach students, and that's what we're trying to emphasize more and more. I mean, we have the teacher of the year from uh, a few years ago that's uh, part of our staff. Mm-hmm. It's um, a, a, a committed staff that's there now, and I, that wasn't the case as much as it was last year as it is now. Yeah. Okay, we're going to take another break, and when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with students and a teacher here in Metro Detroit about gun violence in schools. We'll also continue to hear from you, the listeners, on the phones and on social. Annette in West Bloomfield, Herring, Sterling Heights, Andy in Detroit. Uh, We'll get to you next. If you want to join them, 313-577-1019 is the number here on the phones. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. talking with young people here in Metro Detroit about school violence, uh, the fact that uh, we've had 89 school shootings in America uh, uh, so far this year, almost one for every day of the year. Uh, We're hearing from them about how that makes them feel, how they go to school every day with the looming threat of gun violence uh, hanging over them. Also, what they would do differently? Uh, How would they manage things so that uh, this was not so much of a threat? Uh, We've got uh, Isaac Hunter III. He is a sophomore at Cass Tech High School. Uh, Xavier Shusa is a junior at Birmingham Seaholm High School. And Amir Nelson is a junior at Oak Park High School. Also with them is Bill Boyer. He is a social studies teacher at Oak Park and president of the Oak Park Educational Association. I want to read a couple of social media comments uh, before we get back to the conversation. Uh, Twitter uh, uh, Twitter follower says, uh, I work with undergrads on a college campus just about every day. I think through how we can keep our students safe and stay prepared. I have a humanities degree, not tactical training. It's exhausting and it haunts me, but if we don't prepare... Uh, obviously, uh, that sort of trails off, but uh, there are some things that we could all imagine if we were not preparing for these things. Uh, Ava on Twitter says, uh, I was relieved with COVID going virtual online. There's a lack of control over students at schools. Virtual schools equals answer. Together with metal detectors, cameras, and security at each door, Oxford, we attempted in person, and we went right back to full-time uh, virtual. That's a pretty extreme take on uh, all of this. The idea that maybe uh, we shouldn't uh, we shouldn't have uh, kids in school. Uh, that virtual is the way. Bradley on Twitter says your student guests are articulating the spectrum of responses that my students share with me about all these issues of violence. I see no immediate changes on the horizon, uh, but I'm hopeful for our future. More and more kids are fed up with the status quo. They will drive change. Uh, Again, 313-577-1019 is the number here on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today and we'll work you into the conversation. Before we get back to the phones, I want to give each of our students, uh, again, a a chance to talk about things that they would do 
differently. What they would really love to see uh, the teachers and administrators in their buildings uh, do. Uh, Amir, you talked uh, about some things. Uh, Isaac, I want to I want to give you a chance to talk about it as well. What would what would you do to make Castech a safer place? Well, what what I would do to make Castech a safer place is. When we're, I would like get like our security is great actually. It's good. It's just in the morning. In the morning, that's when security gets like a little lenient because in the in the morning it's more deans instead of like security. It's more like deans. So the deans would just go home, check your bag, and then let you go. I feel like it should be like more like how um, Oak Park did it when they put their bag down and did it because we don't really do that. We just open our bag a little bit. And she looked through, he looked through, and we walked through the metal detector. I feel like right there, it would be like a lot of less problems when we just, they check our bags more so we can see that, we can show that the um, administration is trying to change it. And so, because that's what we've been talking about. Like me and the students, we all been talking with our teachers on, on the mental health days. We've been saying that more so like in the morning, that's where we got to get it like back in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Xavier, what would you do differently at Home? Um, so right now at like see home, we have, you know, almost like no security. You can just like walk into school. Um, you know, you have to like go through, you know, like one of the entrances, right. With, you know, a security officer, but you know, there's like no metal detectors that they're not checking any bags. And I mean, we could implement that. I don't think that'd be like a bad thing, but at the end of the day, I don't feel like there's too much that schools can do to like stop these shootings from happening because if someone really wants to do it they can and at the end of the day it falls on you know the people that are making these laws and guns are just they're just too accessible for everybody like we saw with the shooting that just happened in Tennessee the guy bought five guns in like two days Mm. and he was clearly you know mentally ill and there was nothing to do to stop him from getting those yeah yeah. Uh, Abir, I wonder if you have more thoughts about uh, things you'd do differently at Oak Park. <clears throat> okay. I want to lay down some ground rules first. It's either we go, not virtual, we either start putting kids for homeschool or we put kids in school. Those are the only two options because virtual doesn't help because all they're going to do is cheat online. So <laughs> it's not helping. <laughs> so for going homeschool, if you go homeschool, you won't you'll get an education, but you won't have the outside experience with other people. But if you go in person, you have the risk of getting attacked in some a fight or shooting or stabbing or something like that, depending on what school you go to. So for our school, um, I think what they should do to make it safer is have security stop being so buddy buddy with everybody Mm. and be like more strict or like get them more training if that could actually help and actually get metal detectors and actually do thorough checks instead of just tapping your bag or giving a quick glance at one pocket and then send you off to the wand and then you get wanded then just go in the lunchroom without uh, getting a pat down yeah yeah. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 is the number here on the phones. Let's go to Andy in Detroit. Andy, welcome to the show. Hi, Stephen. Uh, Long time time caller here. Oh, great. Wonderful. Um, so I guess I'll jump in. I wanted to call. I have a previous co-worker of uh, Mr. William Boyer. 
since left Oak Park and migrated a mile down the street to Ferndale. Um, and I think the biggest difference I've noticed is that in Oak Park, there is such a larger quantity of what we always refer to as transient students, students that maybe throughout the course of four years of school will go to two or three high schools. Mm-hmm. And in Ferndale, we have a lot more students that go through District K-12. Um, and having that consistent community that Bill kind of spoke of makes a big difference. One stake in the school itself, it right. makes them proud to be where they are. Sure. And um, it, it's, I think it's a, it's a symptom of the kind of school of choice we've seen yeah. where many districts are just trying to pack as many students as they can to keep their doors open and they have to, you know, bring in students who have had histories of behavior issues and stuff like that. Um, and there's still a yes, lot but, of moving around, yeah. Uh, and Andy, yeah. I, I don't want to cut you off, but I want to give Bill a chance to, to respond and we're going to run out of uh, time, but I do appreciate the call and, and that information. Bill, what do we what do we do to build community when you have a lot of transient students? That's something that's that's pretty common in Michigan and, and in some districts. Uh, we can't have transient teachers either. So uh, to reach those transient students, um, social, emotional learning has to be a real part of a community of teachers. And uh, there's no one remedy, um, but believe it or not, schools are still three times as safe as the home. And we know that virtual uh, teaching's uh, not the answer. Um, I had two teenagers at home in one room trying to learn on Zoom, and I was trying to teach on Zoom, and it was a fiasco. So it's it's the one silver lining to come out of uh, the pandemic lockdown to see that, yes, we want to come back to school, we want to come back to the classroom, and really start developing true communities. So, so uh, Bill, we've got about a minute left. I want to give you the same chance I gave the students to talk about you know, immediate steps that we could take to, to make this look different. Well, the immediate state steps is listening more. Um, it's rare students going to come right in um, on air or off and say uh, what's really uh, troubling them about school safety. And I really appreciate our guests here for being as open as they have been. Mm-hmm. But it often will take weeks and weeks, um, sometimes in writing. Sometimes it's not going to happen verbally. So I'm just encouraging teachers out there to pursue all avenues to get students to talk so we can listen more and then go from there. Okay. Uh this was really great, and I really want to say a really deep thanks to our student uh, guests today, Isaac Hunter, Xavier Shusa, and Amir Nelson. Not easy to come and talk on the radio and uh, talk about uh, something as personal as this, so I really appreciate you being here, and Bill Boyer as well. Also, shout out to our student producer, Taylor Davis, who put this show together. That's going to do it for us today. Come back tomorrow when we are going to explore intelligence and happiness with columnist Arthur C. Brooks. This is 1019 WDETFM, Detroit's NPR station, your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk again tomorrow.